This episode is brought to you by Metro Mugs. Today is Tuesday, March 17th, and on today's episode, we have Ian Deloney, Decky, Internal Dialogue. How are we? We're doing great, Andy St. Patty's, and happy St. Patrick's Day to all that are listening on Tuesday, March 17th. If you are one of those people, please know that Ian Deloney is speaking on motivation and mental health in the creative space at our favorite event, Lincoln Trink 008, at the Walker Event Center in Minneapolis. Ian is a great guy. He is an art designer, a graphic designer, an overall phenomenal guy, doing great work for guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, Floyd Mayweather, and all kinds of other people. He has this insane goal to be on 20 different um, album art covers. on uh, That reach the Billboard. Billboard Top 100 um, by the time his life is over. And the guy just, he's a philosopher. He, he says everything pretty much so elegantly and beautifully. You guys are going to absolutely love this episode. Ian Deloney, welcome to the Back Pocket Podcast again, brother. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me. It's yeah, good to be back. Absolutely. What's uh? How have you been, man? I just want to ask, get that out of the way. That's a good question. Yeah, I've been pretty good. I've been super busy with work. It's definitely been a lot of stressful times since the last time I was here, but you learn from that, you grow. So with stressful times, you usually grow facial hair. I yeah, mean, I you guess went so. from clean shaven <laughs> to a full beard. Now you look great. Thank you, man. This is actually the first time I've ever grown facial hair, and like. I don't really hang out with people. Like I just get to the work, and I haven't seen my friends in like months. Mm-hmm. And I post on Instagram today like a video of me like, "Hey, drop questions for the podcast tonight." And like twenty people are like, "Dude, you have facial hair now?" I'm like, "I guess so." I Damn just, right I do. Yeah, just went on a wing and tried it out. So, okay, so we should have you ask yourself uh, the Instagram questions that people oh, yeah. had. But um, yeah, well, I guess in addition to that, what was your favorite question that you got that you'd like to answer? Um. Let me go, I'm going to look at him real quick. So you had 20 people respond. That's pretty awesome. Well, like half were about the beard. Cause they're like, whoa, I've never seen <laughs> there. Well, so, but I had like 10 questions, but quite a few were the same. Like I got multiple times. What's your favorite project or piece of art you made? Okay. Um, but I got a few others. So I'll just read a few of them. So I guess we can start that one. A lot of people asked, what's my favorite piece of work I've done or piece of art. And it's kind of a hard question for me because I have the mindset of like every time I do a project, every time I release anything, whether it's personal, whether it's for money, whatever, I always want it to be my best project in one way or another. So just to kind of explain that a little bit more, sometimes like my most recent project, it's like I think my typography and my use of text was some of the best I've ever done. Whereas like a project I did two weeks ago, it was one of my better illustrations. So mm. I try to always kind of one-up myself every time I release a project because that's just kind of the standard I hold myself to. I think for from a straight work standpoint, the Floyd Mayweather project was a big deal just because kind of added validation, and a lot of people kind of believe in my work now, now that I did that. So that's a big one. But then, so like the ones I posted last month and then this month so far, like those are my favorites just because... Like I said, I always tried to be my best, and those are the most recent ones. So I like that. How about the? Uh, I like the calendars that you that uh, you do every year. I yeah. you know obviously bought one this year. Yeah, and, appreciate uh, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where do you come up with the concepts for each month? Like, how do you come up with those designs? 
Yeah, so this this year was the first year I did uh, actual designs. I usually did like photos and maybe did some text overlay on that. But this year, I'm just kind of transitioned out of photography and full into graphic design. So, so the first year I did all design. And I kind of just thought of the concepts like each month, what kind of things do I desire or what kind of things inspire me at that moment. So like the winter, it's like February is like a snowy cabin and like kind of like a a homey vibe and just like those up north kind of vibes and then I think December there's like a train going through the mountains like it's like Polar Express Polar type Express. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it literally looked like that yeah sick. so I don't know it's kind of just it's random in a sense I mean it's just something I try to keep in mind like obviously we talked about last time I grew up in the south so I don't really base it off of the weather of minnesota's months because half of them would be snowy <laughs> but then like half the country more than half the country wouldn't relate to that and so i have a lot of people that follow me from outside of minnesota and i think this year i wanted to be more relatable with it because i send calendars every year to like 10 of my idols just to kind of be like hey i appreciate what you're doing i respect your work i write a handwritten note i write a handwritten note on every single one mm-hmm. no matter what but i'll write like a pretty in-depth one for my idols and say you've really inspired me kind of talk about their journey and that kind of thing. And also just put in like, if you ever need design work, like hit me up, but I want it to be more relatable for them because I feel like a lot of people I'm sending this to, they're like in LA and it's like, they're getting a calendar every year, like Minnesota photos. Like, yeah, they might think it's kind of cool, but they don't really relate to that. So this year I was like, I want to make a design. I want to make it more open to people across the country. And then, so people like in LA, they see, that kind of polar express themed month and they might even think that's cool they're like oh i've never experienced something like that and it can kind of be a source of inspiration for them so when you send it to your to your idols was it was this year was there something that you were like uh super proud of like a certain person that you were super proud of to send it to this year being it more designed than photography low-key i haven't even sent them this year i've been slacking but (laughs) i'm doing it this week I, i reached out to everyone this week and just to kind of give everyone like an idea of who I sent him to, it's like uh, this guy I've worked with, Ben Haggerty. I'm pretty close with him. He's like Beyonce's filmer, so he did like Beyonce's Is documentary. That the Ben vs. Real guy? Yeah. yeah, he runs Black with No Cream. Yeah, so, and he featured your podcast that we did before yeah, on, on his podcast. On his podcast, yeah. So so, shout out Ben vs. Real World. Ben yeah. Haggerty, you said Ben, ben Haggerty. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, he's super dope, man. He he helped film uh, and edit Beyonce's documentary. Chris Brown's documentary, Mary J. Blige documentary, like Lewis Hose, he just had that yeah, one too. Yeah. And then uh he did like Co- uh Coachella with Kendrick Lamar a few years back. So wow. he's dope. So wait, how do you know him real quick? It's kind of a long story. He's from Iowa originally. Okay. So um you might have heard of the brand Lamb Chops or Shepherd Goods from Minneapolis. Long story here. I'll make it I know short. Lamb Chops. Yeah. I met I met the founder at a Timberwolves game. Yeah, Jordan. He's super yes. dope. So him and Ben go way back. They lived in LA together for a little bit. And I just used to see Ben on Jordan's like Instagram. I was like, oh, this guy seems pretty dope. And then his first kind of big moment, I mean, I'm speaking for him, so I don't know if this is his first big moment, but he went on tour with Schoolboy Q like four years ago doing videos. Damn. And I was like, damn, this guy's dope. Like, Collar greens. Yeah. he only It was like way back then too. So mm-hmm. uh, Ben only had like 5,000 followers and I was like in sophomore year of college and i was i don't know i just saw him and i was like this guy's potential he's underrated and i think i can help him because he doesn't do what i do 
So that's how that kind of started. I just used to DM him on Instagram and be like, if you ever need help with anything, let me know. I love what you're doing. Like, just keep killing it. Never asked him for anything. And then as I transitioned into design, then he started having stuff that I could actually help with. And so I've done probably five or so projects for him and he's just super dope. So I send him a calendar every year and then uh kid super, he's like a fashion designer, send him a calendar every year. And then there's a, um, a video director. His name is Edgar Estevez. So he does like a lot of Russ's videos, little babies videos. He does like a lot of big time videos. So sending him one this year and then a couple of guys that are really close with Gary V, like Tyler, if you know Tyler, yep. and uh, D-Rock. Mm-hmm. I was chilling with those guys in L.A., and they're just super tight. So sending those two guys one, too. So. Killer, man. I try to kind of switch it up every year. I mean, there's some people, like I said, I send every year. But I do try to like get some new names in there and kind of showcase my skill set to other people. Because for me, it's like, obviously, I'm doing them a favor in a sense of like, sending that for free and I really do want it to inspire them and I want them to use it to track their goals and just to stay on top of their busy life. But I also want to showcase like, Hey, I can do this. And I'm like, obviously I'm tapped into your journey enough to know a lot about you and want to send you something to help you. So, right. It's all value first in the hand and then you top it off with a handwritten note, which is perfect. Yeah. You can't go, you can never go wrong with a handwritten note. Yeah. And that's something like this year, dude. I, so I spent, 150 hours designing those calendars this year right after black friday like i grinded for probably six weeks straight on black friday stuff for our clients then the day after that was done i was like i need to do these calendars dude i'm so far behind and so i spent 150 hours designing those and then i had to like handwrite all these notes and that alone took me probably over five hours for sure. Mm-hmm. I read your note a little late. I'll, I'll say it. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, think. a lot of people did. A lot of people live in apartments and they're like, yeah, it's just sitting in the mail room for like three weeks, but it was a good surprise. It was great. Coming back from Thailand, I just like went through like the hundreds of mail items I got. And yours yeah. was one of them. I was like, oh, hell yeah, Ian, this is dope. I, was, him, I don't know why, but handwritten notes just go such a long way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something like this year, like I was. I was honestly close not doing calendars this year because I was so busy and so stressed. And then I'd post on my story and a couple of people were just super hyped. And like people like four months ago were like, yo, are you making calendars this year? And I was like, damn, I kind of have to, I mean, people really want them. And I, if I feel like I, I'm honored that people want my work that much. And so the least I could do is just keep putting it out for those people. So for sure. And yeah, the, the handwritten notes this year, I was like, dude, I really don't have time, but I'm just going to make the time because like you said, man, I mean, it goes so much further. And I truly think there's a few people that buy calendars every year that like, I'm not even that close with. And I'm like, I kind of feel like the only reason they buy them is because I've, I've sent a handwritten note every single year and it's not like, Hey, thanks for buying. Like, it's like, I write about that person and Mm -hmm. it's like, it's a genuine note. There's no, like, it's not copy and pasted. Like it's genuine to everyone. And I think that's a big factor for a lot of people because it does show that I care. For sure. And that's like a big thing for me. Sick, man. All right, I got kind of off track on these questions, but I'll read a few more <laughs> no, here. These are all right. great. Yeah, let's dive in. So another one I liked was who's your biggest inspiration? And this for me, like there, I have like a million inspirations, but I would say just being as design is my focus now, uh, Virgil Abloh, the designer of Off-White. Okay. He is obviously one of my biggest inspirations. I think 
to be completely honest, I want to be as big as him, maybe bigger one day. I think I can be bigger. I just want to do things a little bit different than he does because he he has his own brand, which is Off-White, which I respect and I love, but I don't necessarily want to have my own brand. I would rather do what he does like with Nike where he like collabs with Nike and it's a Nike shoe, but it's a Virgil collab. And that's kind of the path I want to go down is I just want to be a, a renowned artist that brands want to collaborate with. I just don't want to deal with the back end work of like running a clothing brand because I've seen it firsthand and it's just mm-hmm. a lot more work than I want to do personally. Yeah. And so he's uh one of my biggest direct inspirations. I think obviously no hate here at all. I think he has really good design aspects, but it doesn't seem like he has like a super big overarching like mission. Like a lot of people have like our brand is to help poverty or our brand is to support veganism or you know what i mean like there's Mm -hmm. a direct cause Mm -hmm. and i've watched quite a few interviews and stuff and he doesn't really have a direct like charity or anything he works with like that and so i kind of want to do what he's doing but have it be like blatantly obvious that i'm doing it for a specific mission so is there a mission that sticks out to you right away that you'd you'd or you've started to think about that you'd like to back i've started to think about it I'm not set on what I really want to do because I want to make sure it's something that I would like die for. But off the top, I think just kind of changing how fashion is like super bad for the environment right now. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, all the best fashion brands are debatably the worst for the environment besides like Patagonia. And so I, I definitely want to go down that route, but I'm also like we talked last time, super into philosophy and just kind of like that beneath the surface thinking and, that's like a less direct mission, but I do want to inspire a generation to think deeper about kind of themselves and what they want to do with their life at the end of the day and those deeper conversations. So right on. one of those two, I haven't really, I'm not really leaning towards one or the other. I think the environmental thing has more of a pull obviously and more people to support it, but I do kind of want to do my own thing and there's not really anyone that's like trying to make philosophy cool right now. And so that's something I've been passionate about since I was in middle school. So maybe a mixture of both. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. I want to have the Alan Watts. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Childhood message with like Virgil <laughs> Abloh style designs. Yeah. Like that's, that's the goal. That'd be amazing, man. But then also like, like I said, I have a million inspirations and Travis Scott's a huge inspiration of mine because I grew up in Texas. I was born in Houston where he's from. He went to college in San Antonio where I went to high school so he's been like a straight legend since literally since before he was anything. Mm-hmm. And you'll see videos of him now. Like there's a popular video of Travis Scott five years ago performing in front of a crowd of 15 people, literally 15 people flash forward. Now, literally one of the biggest names in the entire world. Right. And so that for me is like, obviously there's a ton of Travis Scott fans out there, but growing up where he's from and like, I used to go to the amusement park Astro world when I was like four so he has kind of a lot of kind of a lot of touch points with my life and a lot of things that I relate to. And so just seeing how he's basically went from nothing to one of the biggest names in the entire world is just one of those things where it's like, if, if he can do it, I don't know why I couldn't do it, you know? Mm. So obviously I'm not trying to go into music or anything, but he has a big inspiration for that reason. I love it. 
So yeah, I'd say those two are probably my biggest direct inspirations. And then the beard, you just were like, I need to grow this out. I was thinking about it both. I have two brothers and they both, and my dad, just full beards, like big beards, way bigger than my beard. And one day I was like, everyone at work always would give me crap. Like you always shave. Like I used to shave like every two days. Cause like, I just don't like, I'm like an all or nothing person. Like I don't want to be <laughs> clean shaven or like try to grow a beard. I don't want anything in between. And so I was like, never wanted to do it. And then one day I was like, I'm going to give it, I gave myself like 60 days. I was like, I don't even know if I can grow a beard. So I was like, I'll give it 60 days. We'll see what happens. So what day are you on right now? I don't know the day I'm on it. I'm keeping it at this point. It's been like over a month. So. Yeah, you're like day 47, feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> no dance here, looking better than I ever have. <laughs> My name's Ian. <laughs> After a month, I was like, oh, I can actually grow more facial hair than I thought. So I was like, I'm just going to keep it. Yeah. So. Like when you were saying like, oh yeah, it look, what do you think? Like, does it look kind of patchy or like full? I was like, bro, that thing is thick, dude. Two C's. Yeah. I, I did not know how other people interpreted it. Cause I like see it for myself for the first time. Like, I don't know. Like. It's right. just weird when you like go, it's like when you get a haircut, like a big change, like look kind of weird to you at first, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, you double take in the mirror every morning. Yeah. It's like, is Whoa. that really me? Oh shit. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of weird. I mean, I'm like a month in, but at this point I'm like, I can grow enough facial hair to where it's like, I didn't want it to like, like I said, I'm all or nothing. Like I don't want right. to look like I'm trying super hard. Right. So I was like, oh, it works. So, okay. I like, uh, I have a question for you. I want to, cause going back, kind of touching on the, the, uh, philosophical part of your mind and uh, how you're always kind of thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, what's kind of a topic that you've been thinking about or have been uh, making art or uh, designing stuff around maybe like a certain topic in philosophy or something you have been heavy on your mind maybe in the last six months since you've been on? Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of varies all the time, but like yeah. this week I released two pieces of art. Uh, the one I released earlier this week, the main kind of message was, um, I want to live, not just survive. And that's like a big thing for me is like, obviously I work a lot and you guys know, like I love what I do. So it's a little bit different, but I oftentimes think like, yes, I love what I do, but also like I have tatted on me, don't die wondering. And I think about that every day. I talked about that last time. Like that's the most important quote in my life. And that's something that I'm constantly thinking about. Like, like if tomorrow's my last day would I be happy with how I live today and a lot of times like in the grand scheme of things yes I would be happy with what I've done but there's certain days where I work a long time and I stress a lot that day and I think at the end of the day like this is my last day like probably wouldn't be the best day to go out you know like I wasn't super grateful for everything on this day I didn't do things that I that made me genuinely like love my life that <clears throat> that day but i don't know it kind of depends on the day and then the other topic of the uh i just made another art piece i released it this morning and it basically was just saying run your own race like and that's something for me like that's something i'm trying to work on because my field is super competitive as a lot of fields are and I'm comparing myself to Virgil Abloh, like one of the best designers in the world. who's like 40 years old and I'm like four years into design. And I'm like, damn, like he's so much better than me at this, this and this. And like, sometimes like, I think it's good. So I know what I need to work on, but sometimes I'm, I'm guilty of kind of thinking too much about that and thinking too much about what other people are doing instead of like what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. those are two topics for me that are pretty important because I feel like, how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your journey is super important too. 
just how you feel as a person. How have you been feeling about working in e-commerce and creating graphic design with e-commerce? And to preface, like I work in so, and I run the strategic aspect from Facebook ads and mm-hmm. pull people's graphics and for e-commerce clients. And that's something that I like constantly am like debating in my head how much value and how much fulfillment it actually gives me to be working in the e-commerce uh, industry. So I'm curious how you feel creating the, the, the designs for these e-commerce, e-commerce clients. Yeah, I kind of go back and forth. I mean, it, it definitely depends on the the project itself. I mean, there's a lot of projects where I'm like, yeah, to be honest, I'm not very passionate about the topic of this. But at the end of the day, whether I like the project or not, just the fact that I get to, I like make a living off of creating visual elements that I think will inspire somebody in some way whether it's to buy that product whether it's to go to this brand for a service like like i said a lot of times i'm not like super passionate about that exact banner ad that i'm making but it's like i have the opportunity to show my creative freedom to an extent and try to inspire people because you guys know like inspiring people is one of my biggest things in life and so for me even though it's like I'm not inspiring them to change their life. I might be inspiring them to buy a t-shirt or something. It's a little different, but I try to always keep that in mind. Like, yeah, it might not be the most thrilling project of all time, but it is a blessing to be able to do that for a job. And it is a good opportunity to get my feet wet in a lot of different markets and a lot of different kind of dimensions. Yeah. And I think that's the healthiest way to go about it too. Um, and that's something that I similar lines when I'm working with someone that sells tequila or someone that makes their clothing in America and yeah. ha, and has like a, the message with the tequila brand is super authentic Mexican te- uh, tequila. And these this company came from nothing and now is Oprah Winfrey's favorite bottle of tequila. Like yeah. I have the opportunity to work with them, even though that tequila specifically doesn't give me any fulfillment. What it means to them is where I try to like draw back to i was like i am helping this community be uplifted i'm helping this community making their clothing in america um, be uplifted through running facebook ads yeah i mean you have to kind of <laughs> that's so that's kind of how i debate it through my head and like show myself there's the personal intrinsic motivation yeah and for me it's like i personally like i can talk about this a little bit more because someone asked me on instagram what my biggest dream is and one of my i mean i have quite a few but one of my bigger dreams is to to like change how advertising is perceived because advertising even now just has such a like salesy like scummy kind of like vibe to it and 100 that's what everyone thinks like they oh an ad like everyone hates ads like let's be honest but i say i run facebook ads i get the snarkiest uh, responses every single time yeah because <laughs> no one likes them but there is like those those ads like the nike ad about kobe you know it's like that is so inspiring and like it's not all about selling. Like it's all about portraying an emotion. And that's like, I truly want to change the way advertising is looked at. I want to, one day I want to create some of the most powerful, impactful ads of all time, but they're not like buy this product. Mm. They just have such a natural aesthetic to them and it's enjoyable to look at. And people like everything about the process of the ad. You know, like Mm. I want people to, be scrolling through Instagram and they stop to see an ad and they stop because like, wow, it looks really nice and it captures their attention. And it's not like, Hey, buy this product. 
it's more of like I stopped because that attracted my my eye, but now I'm seeing what the offer is. So that's that's one thing. And then I don't know if I talked about this last time, but my biggest like specific goal is I want 20 album arts on the top 100 billboard. Sweet. But I'm giving myself like a 20 year time frame on that because that's a huge goal. But I feel like once the first one falls, they're going to domino yeah, effect. That's the thing is like, I've realized that with a lot of things, like I had never done an album art before last year and now I've done like around 10. And so I do, once you just do one, then everyone like knows like, Oh, I remember that one album art he did. Now I can do this one. And it's like, once I get one in the top 100, it's like the Floyd Mayweather thing. It's like, that's such a point of leverage. And not only will people know that I've worked with that capacity, but I'm always working to have a deliberate style of my work. And when I get on that top 100 billboard for the first time, I want it to just be like obvious, like that's Ian Deloney's work. Mm. Because a lot of people like there's this band called Surfaces. Yeah, yeah. I have gotten over 20 people message me saying, did you design this? Oh, I see it Literally, yeah, yeah. I could see that. It's insane. With and, the shapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the pastel colors. And like the funny thing is like, this is kind of a long story too, but I've listened to Surfaces for like four years now. But I, They're I like, a Texas artist, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I like used to listen to them on SoundCloud. It's like, I don't know if they're brothers. I don't think they're brothers. They're just like two guys that are in this band. But they each separately have their own personal SoundCloud. So I never knew that they were like Surfaces, the band. I just followed this guy named Colin and this guy named Forrest. And I like always liked their vibes. But on SoundCloud, they never had those album arts. They had just like pictures and like random stuff. So I've listened to these guys for like four years and I just saw their album art for the first time like two months ago. And everyone's like, dude, like, did you make this? Like, do you get inspiration from this? All this stuff. And it's like, I've listened to them for four years, never have seen that album art. And now I look at it, I'm like, that looks so much like the album arts I've done, mm-hmm. which is so weird. Cause it's like, if I would have seen that, I would have taken inspiration from it, but I had never seen it before but I was taking inspiration from the music itself. From the music itself. Yeah, That's so the coolest aspect. <laughs> it was super weird. And I found out that one of the guys in the band, he does the album art. One oh, of the guys. So, wow. Because I hit him up. I'm like, yo, who does this? Because everyone's asking if I'm doing it. And now I'm curious who's doing it. And he was like, yeah, it's actually me. And I was like, well, if you're ever too busy, like, let me know. I can match that style. Yes. That's so sick. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a good vibe. I like them. They are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's uh, interesting, too, you know, going back to your advertising, um, like just how it's perceived and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew and I actually ran like a campaign one time uh, where it was a funnel of just like do what you love. So we basically tried to create a funnel down to just like the people that vibe the most with watching content of like people talking about what they love to do. Yeah. And it was really fascinating on like the the response to it. And I don't know if we fully built it out. You'd know the data more than me. But the I was very gung-ho behind the the mindset of like, we're just running a campaign to advertise like a positive mindset essentially. And I think that might be like one of those step one opportunities where it's like, if you really want to change the the industry, do something so off color in the industry that kind of makes everybody think twice. Kind of like what, I mean, like a good example would be like what uh, Nike did with a lot of the, with their Kobe Bryant ad or then, you know, they did one with Tiger Woods or they're doing all these things. I mean, obviously those, players and athletes are associated with nike but yeah it's only going to reinforce their brand more and more and more i'd be curious to like 
what would you think that would look like in terms of like a funnel or something that you would build out where it was just like if you could if you could have a funnel or build out a campaign sorry uh of like a certain mindset or something that you'd want to sell not actually monetary but like yeah. maybe a mindset what would what would you think that'd be right away i go to don't die wondering just like yeah, for sure. and similar to what you said it's like I guess another one that would be even more specific and maybe better is a piece of art I made in the past. I talked about this last time. It says, what would you do if happiness was the only currency? Mm-hmm. And that's something like I talk about that a lot. Like anytime I talk to someone about anything philosophy like that comes up because everyone's always like, I don't know what I want to do. And everyone's like, you're so lucky. Like you can work so hard at something because you know what you want to do. And like, that's the hardest step. I'm like, yes, I'm definitely lucky because of that, but that's because I spent so much time thinking like legitimately if if the ha- if everyone in the world, like the happiest people in the world, if those were considered the richest people in the world with the most resources, I always think how could I be the richest person in the world if that was determined by happiness? And like for me, it goes back to doing something, number one, that I genuinely like to do just for the actual act of it. But then number two, something that fulfills me and something that inspires me. And those two things, I feel like if you can combine that and find something that you like to do and that inspires you and you're motivated by, and hopefully that you're good at, I mean, like you can get good at anything, but it definitely helps if you have like that natural drive to want to put in the work to get better. And so I guess that's what I would try to promote is just like, what makes you the what makes you happier than anything do that you know like mm-hmm. because for me it was like i mean at first i didn't know like graphic design is what makes me happier than most things but i was like i know that promoting a philosophical message is something that makes me very happy mm-hmm. i know that inspiring people is something that makes me very happy and i know that i'm really like fond of like just pairing colors and stuff together and like just creating like a a vibe whether it's like like I even like creating like playlists and stuff for like a certain setting whether it's a road trip or whether it's a party or whatever like just setting that vibe and setting that tone and I kind of piece together for me like through graphic design I can set that vibe through the colors and through the the graphic elements I can inspire people with whether it's the work itself or whether it's the overall message and then I can also have that philosophical touch point in there too. Mm -hmm. That's kick ass, man. I think it's so interesting, like how nowadays there's so many different avenues to create. Like you bring up the idea of a playlist, like, yeah, there's a, there is a certain aspect to like creating a a unique playlist. That's like maybe not only unique to you, but just like in general. Um, It's also like, I always think about, or I was talking about this with someone last night, how, um, she had moved from Miami to Minnesota. And mm-hmm. when she was in Miami, she was like, all I want to do is move to Minnesota. She had a couple different reasons here and there, but either way, like yeah. she was like, I can imagine myself happiest when I'm in Minnesota, mm-hmm. packed her things, moved out here and knew like one person she gets there. And then she talks about how, you know, those first two months, I mean, she's sitting, she, she found a job and everything, but she doesn't know anybody. So she's sitting yeah. like wherever when on a Friday, when everybody's gone for like happy hour or something like she had a lot of time alone to herself and she mm-hmm. felt like uncomfortable. She felt like in this, in a situation where like she maybe wasn't as happy yeah. and it was, it's one of the, it's one of those weird concepts of like, 
you, you want something, but you don't necessarily know what it is. You just want that, that feeling of, of going to a certain place. Yeah. But it was funny talking to her, you know, fast forward six months from that lonely point. She was like, I had to go through that in order 100%. to, you know, I had to go through that moment of uncomfort to then ultimately reach the happiness that she was confident in when she was in Miami. Yeah. So it was very fascinating. Cause I was thinking back to your story of when you went to Portland, right? Yeah. Of like how you really, really wanted to go out there. Yeah. But it didn't necessarily shake out the way that you wanted. So like, what do you think about the idea of like, like, do you have, is there a mindset, I guess, behind the idea of like living in the uncomfort, even though you might not be happy in that moment? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I think, for me, I mean, some people disagree and I've completely value totally other people's opinions and yeah. just having a diverse mindset and diverse perspectives on life. But I think the most important conversation you can have is the one that you have with yourself. Mm. And I think that's why a lot of people like she went through that and I don't know who this is at all, but yeah. she might be someone that in Miami, she had never had those raw conversations with herself and that like I'm a person that like I strive for those conversations. Like right. I like that stuff because yes, it's uncomfortable, but then it really weeds out everything external. It's like when you have a conversation with someone else, you might filter what you say. You might like say what you think they want to hear. But like when you're just talking to yourself, like when you're going through a tough time and you're uncomfortable and you're going through it, like, there's no filtering there. Like everything you're thinking is and feeling is completely authentic. And I think that's like the only way to really know what you actually want in life. Mm -hmm. And that for a lot of people is uncomfortable. And it's like, understandably it's uncomfortable, but I think that that's the first step to actually doing what you want. Because a lot of people, they don't know what they want because they're so consumed in like, I'm going to do this to make money, but I don't really like it, but I don't want to be a, artist because my parents wouldn't like that or like I don't know like everyone always thinks of all these situations and all these perspectives of people other than themselves mm. and to me it's like I value relationships and I value other people's perspectives but at the end of the day like I'm a person like I'm gonna do whatever I want because like we talked last time dude I've moved so many times in my life I've started from zero eight times and when I was younger, that was way harder than it is now. Mm -hmm. And I realized if I'm not doing exactly what I want to do, I'm not going to be having a good time because oh, sure. I'm someone that's like, I don't live for, I don't like going out party and like, I don't like doing, I don't really like doing that much social stuff to be honest. Like I'm very content with, I know what my passions are. I know what my 20 year goal in life is. And every day I'm like, I can just work towards that. Like I don't need to. I don't need to surround myself with other people as much as some of my friends do because they're still trying to figure out what they want, you know? And I feel like once you know what you want, then it becomes a lot easier to kind of have that alone time right. and have those conversations. And you may have just answered it, but I was going to ask, how do you carry the momentum of after you have that conversation with yourself and you kind of uh, de decipher through some things, some internal thoughts, some conflicts, how, what, what kind of best practices have you had to carry the, the momentum after having those conversations? So for me, I, I like write everything down. And so I always update, I like a journal where I, I go through every month. I write down the plan for that month, 
all the important dates, whatever. Do the same thing for the week, and I do the same thing for each day. And so for me, like every Sunday, I just, I'm not super set on the schedule. It's just when I feel most inspired to do this, but I kind of revisit all my weekly, monthly, yearly goals on Sundays because everyone's kind of hungover, like no one's really doing anything. So it's a good time just to focus on myself and just to have those conversations. And so I've just found that if I can spend that time every week, then it doesn't get too far out of reach for me. Because I like it to always be top of mind and I like to make sure that my goals and everything is super specific because, and that's something someone asked on Instagram, like what's the, what's the best advice for like finding success or finding like fulfillment. Mm. And I think realistically is just setting huge goals, but setting specific huge goals. It's like me, like I want 20 album arts in the top 100 billboard. Like there's nothing like theoretical about that like that's a number i'm gonna know when i hit that i'm gonna know if i don't hit that and obviously i can break it down from there and i think you do need to break them down into smaller goals for it to be realistic but like you need to have an extremely big goal that you don't even think you're gonna accomplish probably and you need to be specific with it because i learned real quick in college like if i set a a goal where i'm like yeah i can for sure do that it's just not a big enough goal and like deep down, like I know I can do the 20 billboard album arts, but it's like an insanely big goal where it's like, yeah, I can do it, but I'm giving myself literally 20 years because who knows how long it could take. It could take five years, could take 17 years. It could take one year. Mm-hmm. It's just all a matter of kind of the connections. But I think just having those very specific goals helps bring that momentum into whatever phase you're going into in life. Right. And that, and that specific goal that you set for yourself is really dope because all everything you're doing outside of that, it leads to the graphic design, the art building mm-hmm. of those uh, quote unquote album, album yeah. covers that you predictably will create. Yeah. Uh, so that's, what's awesome about setting goals such as that. It's like, it's in your career path, but also it gives you all of that extra in, intrinsic things outside of uh, the, the numeric value. Yeah. And that's something for me, I spent a long time, like my goals for life have changed quite a bit over the years, but I spent a lot of time thinking about what I really like the most and what I'm like very good at. And for me, like the whole album art thing is it kind of pairs everything in my life because number one, besides like physical art, like music is my biggest inspiration. And so number one, that's a key for me to just pair what I love to actually do because I don't create music, but I love to listen to music but I also love to design. So that's a gateway for those two things. But also like every design I make for fun is practice to get to that point, you know? And so then like my personal art, it it has an objective behind it. So like the, all the pieces I'm releasing this week are basically like, I think they could be amazing album arts and I think they could look great on clothes too. And so clothing and music are my two biggest areas I want to succeed in and so everything I do like in my personal life kind of contributes to getting in that direction nice when do you uh like when you're making the personal art where do you find like a lot of your inspiration or influence um I go on Pinterest a lot Pinterest is like Pinterest yeah all right I know it's kind of weird a lot of people have like a, a skewed opinion of Pinterest because it is like mostly 40 year old women on there mm-hmm. but I will and Ian. Yeah, seriously. So 
it's kind of funny. I used to just like, I don't ever post on Pinterest. I just like pen ideas and I have like literally 40 boards on there of like graphic design, typography, color palettes, photography, like every kind of inspiration possible. And I, I used to pen like hundreds of pens a day because I was like, I don't know, like if I'm not creating art in my free time, I want to be like thinking about it. And so I can, I don't scroll through Instagram as much as I scroll through Pinterest. Mm. And like, I would just pin, pin, pin. Then one day I looked, I had like 200,000 monthly viewers on my profile. People like gravitate towards like a certain aesthetic. And it was for my personal use. But I was like, oh damn, I didn't even realize like 200,000 people a month are looking at my board. That's crazy. <laughs> That's so nuts. It's dropped a lot though. Cause I've just been so busy. I don't really go on anymore, but mm-hmm. right. I was on it today, actually. I'm still like 90000 monthly. That's awesome. I mean, but, that's still killer. I mean, for me, it's like Pinterest is a very, like, it's basically like you can just curate whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of moms on there, and it's like a lot of DIY crafts and mm-hmm. food stuff. But it's like my feed is just like the craziest art ever. Like, I have literally, I could do a thousand series in the future, and I have inspiration on Pinterest for all of them. Like I have, I don't have it all pinpointed out. Like I want to do this, this, this in this order, but like my next 50 series I do, I already know. I don't even have to think about what I'm going to do because I have so many ideas. It's like, it's an overload at this point. Like I can't create the stuff I want as, as fast as I get inspired by it. So Pinterest is for sure the go-to. I watch a lot of documentaries on artists that inspire me. So like Basquiat, uh, Virgil Abloh, Picasso, Bob Ross. Yeah, Bob Ross. <laughs> no, but I just, uh, I'll just go watch uh, documentaries on artists and those kind of things when I need inspiration. That's mm-hmm. sick. Is, has there been like a, um, something that has inspired you to make a piece that has been um, super unique or just like a very one-off area or source that you like, wow, I'm really inspired by that? Has that ever happened? Um, I'm trying to think of a specific project can't think of like a super specific project i mean i get inspiration on like the weirdest things like yeah. water for me is like one of my that's probably the most prevalent source of inspiration it's your biggest ally basically i mean like the way i think about it like there's so many aspects of water that i've incorporated into my art throughout the years like the way light goes through water you know like how it diffraction i think is the word i don't even yeah. know what the actual no, word no, is yeah ref- i think it's refract- refraction yeah. yeah so like that's been a big inspiration for me and then also with that like i don't know the word for this but like when light goes through like a prism and it like has that rainbow effect mm-hmm. you like see the that dark side of the moon type yeah, yeah you see that in water a lot too mm-hmm. and then just overall just waves like the the look of waves from like above and the the look of waves from below if you see like underwater photos and even like on a philosophical standpoint like just the idea of waves and like i i think a lot of things in life come in waves and like inspiration and happiness like some months you're like i'm on top of the world like everything's perfect next thing you know like everything seems to be going the opposite way and i think that that's just something that's like water has so many characteristics to it that resonate with me from like a deeper standpoint than most people probably think right on yeah water is life water is life yeah, don't and I, I drink more water than honestly anyone i know wow how many drink, like gallon a day or what do you think not a gallon i have like a 
This water bottle is like 20 ounces maybe, and I drink ounce? at least five to eight a day. If you drink eight, that's 160. So yeah, that's, isn't that a, that's a 160 fluid ounces is, a, is around a gallon. So that's you're a right lot there. of water. Yeah, you're right there. I don't even try. It's, I just like love water. <laughs> that, that's amazing. It's what? also inter- it's also interesting. Like, uh, what percent of the ocean hasn't even been explored? That's another part of water that's kind of crazy. Has too yeah. deep, dude. Like we but know more literally. about we know more about space than we do what's in, even in the ocean. I'm someone that's like I love space. I think it's super sick. Yeah. But I always say like I think we should be focusing some of our energy, more of our energy towards exploring those depths of the water mm-hmm. because like yes space is sick and i think there's obviously a limitless amount of stuff to explore there but it's like water is like actually what's on earth you know like yeah. i think we'd be so surprised to find the things that are down there just as surprised as we are to find the things that are in space oh yeah personally yeah well it's also just very hard to explore down there because it's so dark i just think though like if we can, we've done so much in space like we could do that Right, right, right. We just, could do it in the ocean. Just a matter of allocating the money and sure. the energy. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, absolutely. Just got to get Elon Musk inspired by it somehow. Seriously, yeah. man. <laughs> I, what do you think about the idea? I really do. A pre- I mean, obviously, Elon Musk is the man. Um, yeah. And then have you heard of like the Dear Moon Project? I have, yeah. Yeah, so like that's another one of those really cool projects. If you if you have never heard of it, it's a, um, in 2023, I think, they're, this uh, really rich Asian entrepreneur from Japan is – taking i mean elon has the spacecraft but there's gonna be 20 artists musicians um just all different creatives from all walks of life going Mm -hmm. on a trip around the moon together yeah and they're gonna create art based on what they see and how they feel and what they're inspired by yeah Um, i love that though i mean anything a lot of people have conflicting opinions about elon musk but i think it's dope like everything he's doing and that's like the only financial driven goal in my entire life is like i'm getting tesla like I don't, I don't want a big house. I don't care about, I've never legitimately, people don't even believe this when I say it. I've never in my life thought about, I want to make this much money in my life. Never have I ever had that thought in my life. Mm-hmm. Not salary, not net worth. Like that does not mean anything to me. Tesla though, I want a Tesla. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that goes back to like the conversation about like, I want to have a, an impactful mission and like something with the environment. It's like, the least I could do is have an electric car. Mm-hmm. The least, right? I mean, that's the start. Yeah. Right. I, oh, sorry. Keep going. Well, I'm, I might change topics on it, so go ahead. Oh, um, I like the idea of even with what Bezos is doing now with climate change. Oh, man. I think it's. I love that. Dude. It's so inspiring that like people with legit money are now putting those resources to like legitimate change. You know, whether it's what was the number again? Like ten billion. 10 two, billion 10 billion yeah it's 10 Gosh. billion dude that's so cool i just think it's like seven percent of his net worth right like it's only like, seven but it's still. only seven but it's seven percent of his whole net worth the richest man in the world right yeah i just think it's a great example to set yeah. you know for people like us i mean i'm, I'm kind of in that same boat where i i mean i've definitely thought of like oh yeah an engineer makes this much it's nice to live at this salary but yeah what you realize is like if I can eat, sleep, and have, like, a place to stay and, like, not yeah. have to worry. I think the the goal ultimately is just not have to ever worry about money. Yeah. Like, why I love what I do right now so much, um, you know, working as an engineer, running a podcast, and doing comedy. Like, I have a lot of buckets, and I'm, mm-hmm. I get tired. But, 
you know, I, I, there's no financial struggle. You're I'm also not, getting buckets, dude. I'm also getting buckets, right? Like, <laughs> like getting that. my shots up and they're going down. So, yeah. absolutely. Um, <laughs> but like, I, it's having kind of the just like the the financial backing uh, or just like yeah. an annuity where you could pretty much do you can do what exactly what you want to do and not have to worry about the financial gain of it. It's not like sales where it's yeah. like, oh, I have to get this amount. I have to do this amount of work to get this amount of commission and, and yeah. survive. It's like, no, I'm showing up and doing exactly what I love without any thought of money. And yeah. I don't have to ever worry about it. Like if I can just maintain that, but still, but do more of podcasting and other things that I really, really love. Yeah. That's kind of the, the idea behind all of it. Yeah. What I've realized too, though, is like, like I said, I do not care about money. I've never thought of that number, but I do realize like a lot of the avenues I want to go down are in markets where money is a big conversation, like fashion, like yeah, yeah. obviously fashion money plays a big role in that. Not that you have to have the money, but money is like a big conversation in that industry, you yeah. know? And it's like, there's so many clothes, like, I'm like super frugal. Like I'm like one of the most frugal people I've, I know my personal life, but like clothes is like, it's so hard for me to not buy something that I like. Mm -hmm. Cause for me, it's like, it goes so much further than like, Oh, like I don't buy something. Cause I'm like, Oh, this person's going to think I'm sick. If I buy this, it's like, I see something that appeals to like my philosophy in life or I see something that's made by someone that inspires me. And like, I see that and I'm like, I have to buy it. Mm -hmm. Will you marry me on the ass? Uh, Seriously. Sign me up. <laughs> That's like, and I just like clothes that are like, I just like wearing stuff that a lot, like obviously most of the time I wear like some pretty normal stuff, but I like wearing stuff that people see to like, I like getting weird looks and like just judgment. Like honestly, cause mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm glad that you're judging me because I don't want to live a life where everything I do is like the status quo. And like, it's so like, I don't want to live a life where everything I do, you've already seen before. That's the mm -hmm. opposite of what I want to do, you know? And so that's why like fashion inspires me so much is because it's such a way to like the fashion designers that are making like out their clothes, like they're literally changing culture, you know, like they're changing the way people think and they're changing the way people perceive certain things in life. And like that's a lot deeper than a lot of people think about clothing, but like that's literally how I think about it. That's awesome. And you know, other parts of fashion that really stick out are the events at Lincoln Drink. People always yeah. dress up and yeah. are always looking good at Lincoln Drink. I'm wearing my crossbody to Lincoln Drink this this time around. I think. Do it. The one you got from Thailand? Oh yeah, yeah. I Taylor. was. That's like the one fashion item that I acquired in Thailand. Where I'm like, man, wearing this in the United States is is a big. Not statement. a big deal. It's a statement. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know how I feel about it, but it's fun. Yeah. It's I mean, that's something like for me, it's like going back, like this is probably deeper than most people think about clothing, but I literally like, like when I'm wearing something, like that's an expression of how I'm feeling at that moment. You know what I mean? Like some days I'll wear something extremely out there and that's like, I'm like inspired today to just be my most authentic self no no care what anyone thinks mm -hmm. other days i'll just wear something a little bit more casual depending on the situation too but going back to what you said about lincoln drink i do think like we've only had one where there's like a dress code right and to be honest like i'm not a fan of the dress code like because the stuff i like to wear is not like super classy stuff like i like more out there stuff like i said and so i think a lot of people find value in that because 
that is a big reason why I wouldn't go to networking events before. Like, I don't want to wear a suit and tie because that's already fake. Mm-hmm. For me, like, that's already putting on a mask. And, like, that defeats the purpose, in my opinion. Right. And putting the restrictions on creativity and at an event that is promoting creativity, promoting being yeah. yourself. Um, and I think that's why you guys have really stuck to just, hey, dress up, look good, look your, look like your best self. And that's how we want you at the, these events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, like... I think it was like two Lincoln drinks ago. I don't even know. I think her name's Brie Flash. I don't even know. You're talking about the Crocs? The, the Crocs and the Crocs. zebra pants. Like, yeah, that was. I'm like, dude, I just like I just love when people genuinely do what they want to do. And you know she doesn't think, oh, are people going to judge me for this? Like, yeah. no. like, And that's like the environment we're striving to create is like just be yourself. And like that's truly how you're going to make a good connection. It's going to be like worthwhile and it's going to last a long time. Right. It's like, it's not like you meet someone at this networking event and you think there's someone and you find out they're not. It's like when you're meeting someone there, like I hope they're in their most authentic personality. You know, they're just being who they want to be regardless of anyone else. Mm -hmm. I love that. So are you pretty excited to be a panelist here? I'm a little nervous to be honest. Yeah. I'm not like nerves are good though. Yeah, I mean, it's not like anything where I'm like freaking out about, but it's like I've never publicly spoke, and like I've only been on like four or five podcasts, and like you guys were like the first one I went on, and like even that was like a little, not like stressful, but it's just like I'm not a very, I don't know, when I'm with people I, I am close with, like I can talk forever, mm-hmm. but like I'm just not an outspoken person, like publicly, like I never just go up to someone I don't know and just start talking to them, like I just don't do that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited just because it's a topic I really care about. And it's something that I think most people in my life, they like, that's just a part of me, like mindset and mentality and going back to philosophy, like all that stuff. Like that's something that I think about constantly. And that's something that inspires me more than almost anything. And so it's not going to be anything where I'm like, oh, I don't know what to say. Like, that's the one thing that's like making me feel really comfortable about it is that it's something I really do love to talk about. And it's something that I think I have a gift in being able to help people relate to certain things. And Mm. I help people be able to understand kind of why they're feeling the way they are, like from a mindset standpoint and kind of how they can combat the feelings they don't want to have. Because I took a personality test and one of the key traits was that I can, my personality type can take un, like insanely big goals and break them down into like daily tasks. And that's something for a lot of people that's extremely difficult based on this test. Like a lot of personality types aren't good at doing that. And so I think that being on a panel that talks about mindset and that talks about mentality, I think I'll be able to help people that are struggling to kind of get out of their own head and that are kind of searching for a unique approach because obviously I don't have, I'm not a doctor. Like I don't have like medical experience and that's not my, my goal of the talk. It's just personal experience. Yeah. It's just personal experience. And it's just like, I think a lot of people are either naturally optimistic or naturally pessimistic. And I think they just tend to view things as like, that's just how they are. But really it's just everything you experience in life is just basically it's just an effect of your internal dialogue, you know? And I feel like that's something not a lot of people think about and they don't understand. And I think that 
if people did understand that they would be more inspired to find the bright side. Mm. Dude, you're going to leave a great impact when you I speak. Hope so. and I hope so. If, if Nick can ask the right questions, which I, I know he will. Yeah. Which worries me sometimes, though. Oh, trust me. It worries <laughs> us, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're going to be able to give some sweet answers. And what's awesome about Lincoln Drink in particular are this, the, the age demographic that attends. Yeah. Um, it's just like us, all in the same shoes, some a little bit more successful than others. And everyone's trying to help each other. Mm-hmm. And just that collective environment and then what the, that message that you just shared and reinforcing that to this group of people, it'll, it'll be a lasting uh, voice versus some of the panels in the past have been kind of too too far out of reach and some it's sometimes harder to resonate with what they're saying uh, because they are so successful or they have had they're, they're just two or three steps ahead where it's like I, I don't really know how I'm going to get to that first step to even come close to where you're at yeah. and you articulating in a way saying hey you have these big goals I'm the t- type of personality that can get you the to-do list today that's my mindset. I'm going to help uh, articulate a way that will resonate with you, dude. You're going to crush it. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate it. I, yeah, absolutely, man. You're. Uh, I think you're not only your perspective, but like the way you answer questions is pretty awesome. Like you are very I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, you're very like full circle. So like you address the question, you tie it to an experience, you may just you know speak your mind on it honestly, mm-hmm. and like as a as like a guy who's asking the questions, it's good to know or it's good to gauge when you are like done answering honestly <laughs> yeah. at a time. And I think with like a panelist from a panelist perspective, yeah. um, I mean, they're going around and asking people the question like mm-hmm. one, two, three, typically. Yeah. So like that, the way you're able to like formulate that, like three minute, like little nugget of information is so it's, it's impressive, man. It's going to mm-hmm. be sick. I'm glad you say that though, because someone asked me this on Instagram today because they know like two years, even 2019, one of my biggest goals of 2019 was get better at communicating because like two years ago, it's like, I mean, I'm pretty critical of myself. So maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but I just felt like I wasn't when I'm in conversation or like in a situation like this, I didn't feel like my message was super clear. And I felt like I, I could answer the question, but like you said, like now I think I can bring it full circle. I can provide an example address the question kind of go a little in depth but i try not to go too far in depth because i'm just conscious of like i don't want it to drag on too long and so that's something like last year like that was i worked a lot to be more conscious of just how i'm addressing things and how i'm communicating with myself and the people in my lives and even like in a business manner and your voice is perfect for podcasting too because it's so soothing and it's so just like uh you have the inflection where you'll pick it up variations, but it's super consistent. I don't know. I, I, listening back to the, I just listened back to the podcast that you that we shared. Was it June of last year? Yeah, it was around June. Around yeah, June. Probably July, maybe. Yeah, maybe then after. And I just listened. I'm like, damn, this is so easy to listen to. Like, I don't know if we were doing a good job or just Ian's voice is crushing. Yeah, because <laughs> that's, that's surprising to me though, because I just don't think of that. And like, I don't know. Like before I even went on that podcast, like a lot of people did tell me like that I had a good like tone and I like spoke at a good pace a good pace That's and like it. when yeah. we were like before I even came here I was kind of like the first time I was like worried I was like dude I'm just gonna sound like I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> like I don't know it's something like when I was younger I just had never been confident in it and I think now like this last year I really worked on just slowing down when I'm speaking because I realized most of the time like people think that 
like people don't notice if you talk slower than you normally talk, but if you talk faster than you normally talk, it's extremely obvious. Mm -hmm. And so I've just realized for me, at least like slowing down and just kind of taking my time to speak allows me to, um, say my thoughts in a way that's more clear. Mm. Whereas I used to kind of just ramble out and like think about the next question or think about the next piece of conversation before I even spoke. And then I think it was just unclear. So right there with you. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I'm rambling. Yeah. All the time. (laughs) It happens to me in comedy too, where like when I, when I'm bombing, I speak faster and it's like, that's not going to help anything. Yeah. I mean, it's just being like self-aware of it, you know, like that's something I realized a year ago. I was like, I'm not confident in this. Mm -hmm. And I actually remember, I don't want to say any names just because we don't need to get that detail with this podcast but. goes to millions. So it's tough. You yeah. Know, if you throw someone under the bus here, <laughs> no, you don't know how those guys end up. It's not thrown under the bus. It's actually, I was going to meet someone that's like extremely high up, mm-hmm. like very important. And like, I knew about this like a month in advance and I was like, dude, I need to lock in my communication. Like I can't be rambling. I can't be stuttering. I can't be, I need to be confident. I need to be clear and I need to have a level head when I'm talking to this person. And so that was something for me. I was like, this is the test. Like I got four weeks basically to dial in my communication. And obviously I worked on it throughout the year. But for me, I was like, I directly tried to work on that a lot last year. Mm-hmm. So, Well, you started your own podcast too, didn't you? Did that I, ever pan out or how did that work? That just, so I made one episode and just never made another one. I do. <laughs> hey, I'll say this though. I do plan to make um more my main thing realistically like full transparency here there's a lot of things in my life that i'm very passionate about as we talked about last time philosophy is one of them um i've been extremely busy the last few months and i it came down to do i want to put my time fully in this podcast or do i want to keep trying to develop my design skills and it's kind of like a like i said i'm an all or nothing kind of person it's hard for me to be like I'm going to just dabble in here and then dabble in there. Like I want to go all in on something. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the decision I made, but I actually talked to one of my friends who has a podcast, his podcast called the perspective collective. He's like some, uh, letterer. He does like lettering and like murals for a living. Uh, he's pretty dope. His name's Scotty Russell and he does podcasts a lot. And he just told me basically like start small, like just do, 10 minute episodes 15 minute episodes because it's i don't have a guest on there like and that's the other thing is it's not like i'm just gonna talk about someone's story it's like i'm creating the dialogue of like here's the lesson here today you know Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of pre-work and i'm just so like going back to the communication like i'm so ocd at this point about making sure the message is number one inspiring number two consumable and not like too lofty and number three just like practical Mm -hmm. so that's like my rationale by why i haven't done more but i do have the next couple uh topics figured out that's good well and and, you know you got us to podcast with yeah seriously you know just come through every week exactly it well not every week, but we can we can get you like once a quarter for sure i think that's like any but you have access to all kinds of podcasts yeah I mean, that that might even be a, a practice or something that we're kind of figuring out on our own. Like, we want to go on someone else's podcast at least once a week. Yeah, that'd be and interesting. it's been kind of a nice outlet because before, um, back in season three, we were doing these back-end shows, which mm-hmm. we might get back to that at some point in this yeah. season. I'm 
kind of leaving the door open on it. But essentially, it was just me, Andrew, and Ty uh, just shooting the shit for you know an hour, and we loved yeah. we we loved it because that was like our time. It's, it's kind of what yeah. it felt like when like on this podcast, like it, this is a conversation. This is Ian's podcast, like that we're hanging out with you, you know. Yeah. Um. But when we go on other people's podcasts, it's our time. Yeah. It's it's back to being our time. It's back to being our time. And like selfishly, we love it. Yeah, like that's it's their questions they're asking. Like yeah. they're gonna promote it. That's their podcast. It's it's kind of nice. Like yeah, it is nice. So there's a there's an aspect there where like you may not like yeah obviously you want to start um, your own podcast and keep going, but like there's no harm in just like building your voice through mm-hmm. other people's podcasts. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing for me too is like. I'm just not a person like I don't like to rush things like Mm. obviously I wish I was more consistent with it and I'm actively working to be better at that Mm -hmm. but I'm not just gonna go in there and record a podcast just to like say I did it like I'm I'm the person like I'm not gonna talk if I don't have something I'm very passionate about saying Mm -hmm. and that's why going back to Lincoln Dream like I'm excited for it because that's like my kind of topic but you would never catch me public speaking about anything that I like am not in love with, you know, mm-hmm. you don't even, like, I don't even talk to other, like if I'm at work and like, there's no conversations going around that are like peaking my interest. Like I'm just not going to talk. I'm just going to stick to myself and just be in my zone. Like that's just how I am. So. And then the double O link, double O eight Lincoln drink being at the, uh, the, uh, the Walker to top off like last year's uh, seven performances kind of spacing out a couple different spots and then to bring it to the Walker. That's the coolest thing. Yeah. You're going to feel like right at home with speaking creativity in this, in this beautiful creativity building. Yeah. Uh, so I'm stoked and it's only like down the street for us. So we can just yeah. hop, skip and jump over there. Exactly. We mm. can, you know, have a few beers and I feel bad about it and walk home for all we care. It's, yep. it's pretty electric. We appreciate, we appreciate the location greatly. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, part of this podcast, obviously, you know, um, if you're coming on every quarter, we're asking your average quality every quarter. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Um, so I want to know what was your average quality last time was, do you remember? It was sticking to a, a time schedule Ooh. of like, wake up at 5am, do this, then do that, then do this. How'd you do after talking with us? <laughs> well, I have gotten better at that. Okay. My point still stands of, um, I, I just prefer to do the method of, here's the seven things I need to accomplish every day. I don't need to go to the gym at five in the morning, but if I do that before I go to bed, that's a success, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I just care more about uh, making sure I do the things that are important to me, not setting them to a specific timeline in the day because I value my eight hours of sleep. And that's, I've realized that that's important for me to be at my best. And so if I have to stay up late working one night, I'm not going to wake up at 5 a.m. to go to the gym and ruin my next day. Right. So that's that's why I don't do that. Um, I guess to kind of switch it up this time and not just say the same thing because I still do struggle with that. I would say my average quality, like, that's been very prevalent since I last came on is just dealing with last-minute, like, stressful things. Like, for mm. me with work, like, everyone at work probably hates me for how much I'm, like, you need all your design requests, like 72 hours before it's due. Like I'm very strict on it because I know what it takes for me to be at my best and doing something last minute is not where I'm going to create my best work. And so that's something for me, like some weeks I can, I handle it pretty well. Certain weeks I'm not as good at it. I think no matter what, I, I have a good end product. I never, I never doubt that. 
I always get the job done. But my mindset is something that suffers. If I get a bunch of stressful last minute things, I tend to stop looking at things as positively and kind of get in like a little bit worse mood just because I get so stressed out. So that's something for me. It's like, that's something I'm trying to work on. And it's been extremely relevant the last like six months. Oh, just because, even like the last three weeks with Jason Zucker getting traded. Oh yeah, my God. The last so stressful. 2020 has been, it's been a grind. I'll say that <laughs> it's, it's been a lot so far. It's been really stressful. I mean, like I said before, we've been went on this podcast today. Like there's beauty in the struggle and there's beauty in the stress and you learn a lot from it. Um, obviously I'm not trying to be in that position forever of just being stressed, but there is a lot I can learn from it. And just a takeaway from that so far is like, I'm now more aware that I can work on my ability to keep a consistent mindset throughout a stressful situation. And that even goes into Lincoln drink. Like I, at first I was like, this is bad timing. I'm going to be on a mindset panel and I'm like not in the best mindset lately, but I just want to be authentic and I want, I don't want to seem like, yeah, I'm perfect. I, I'm always positive no matter what. It's like, we all struggle. We all go through tough times. But like I said, the way you deal with things is a reflection of your inner dialogue. It's not a reflection of what that situation actually is. It's just how you're choosing to view it. And I think that just has a lot to say about how people feel with their life, to be honest. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, man. That's Glad you think so. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. I think that's like you keep saying like how important that inner dialogue is. And I think it is like really important to just like find that inner dialogue, like yeah. be comfortable with just like talking to yourself at times, like understanding like you're the driver at this point. Right. <laughs> like Let's, yeah. let's really, t- let's talk about it. I think too, there's like a really cool relationship with the outer dialogue versus the inner dialogue too, mm-hmm. especially with myself. Like a lot of the things that I do are me, you know, my inner dialogue holding myself accountable because I said it out loud. Yeah. I think there's uh I think it's different for everyone as far as what works best for them. Yeah. But I sure. think I mean that's like for me is like through my art I want to portray messages that make people have that conversation with themselves. And so even that that design I made the other day, the one that says I want to live not just survive, there's like over 50 shares or 50 saves on that on Instagram, which is something like I've never got more than like 10 saves. Mm. Like and obviously realistically that doesn't really mean anything like, it's not about the numbers but it only got like 250 likes but 50 people saved it that's how i know like that impacted someone on a deep level mm-hmm. like you don't just save it just for no reason and like, it's a common thread or, or, across many people yeah, yeah and it's like obviously like some people i don't know like likes and follows and all that stuff is public you everyone can see it but like a save like no one can see your saves no one can see how many saves you have. And so that's how I know like 50 people saved that. They didn't do that for any reason besides it impacted them personally. And that's something for me like that inspired the hell out of me because I've never gotten even a fifth of that many saves. And that's how I know I did something right. And I'm not, I can't say for certain if it was the colors I used, if it was the effect on the typography, if it was the actual message. You know what I mean? Like there's no way to really know, but I'm a person that works backwards in some ways. Like I see that. And now this next series I do, I'm going to kind of look back at this one and say, what about this impacted people so profoundly? Like what about this made people feel something inside? 
because that's something that I strive to do. And that's kind of proof that with that last design, it works. So definitely going to try to replicate that in the future, not like replicate the actual piece, but just replicate the elements that made people feel Mm -hmm. an emotion from that. And one of our core questions that we ask is, um, what's in your back pocket when pressure becomes stress and anxiety is rising? And you answered that last time. And I, I'm going to give you what I believe you also carry in your back pocket after having yeah. this hour conversation and being able to um, have some exchanges with Lincoln Drink and other such interactions. It's the theme of this podcast. The internal dialogue is your winning edge. You mm-hmm. are very con- considerate to your thoughts and you have a very just hu- human approach to those thoughts where you're, you're jotting them down or you're spending the time uh, actually uh, thinking through them yeah. and then acting on it and setting yeah. intentions behind it. That is something that every single person out there struggles with. I struggle with it every single day working from home and other variations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so awesome message throughout this whole podcast, the Thank internal you. dialogue. And if that's something that you might want to take to Lincoln Drink on March 18th, uh, there, there could be some money quotes in there. Yeah. Uh, so I believe that's what you carry in your back pocket. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm giving you that compliment. Mm-hmm. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And that's something that I, I would agree with you on that. I think that's something that I worked very hard to kind of get to that point. I mean, all of this goes back to the philosophy I used to do when I was younger. Like, I used to think and watch those philosophical debates. Like, I learned very, very young. It's not about the situation. It's about how you react to that situation. And like the day that I realized that was seriously a day that changed my life. Because as I said last time, I was not the happiest kid growing up. Like I, and I don't know why, I don't know if it was because of the environment I was in, the people I was around, I don't know why. But the day that I realized that no matter if I'm sad, if I'm happy, it's all on me, you know, like no one is going to fix that. Like if I'm a sad person and I'm waiting for someone to come fix that, I'm never going to be happy straight up. And so I guess that was just like the most impactful moment for me to realize that, like you said, I'm the driver of this. Like no one is going to bring me where I want to go. No one knows what I truly want to do at the end of the day besides me. And that's why I don't really, I don't know. I don't really feel bad about like a lot of my friends give me crap quite often because I don't hang out with people. Like I see my best friends in my life, like, twice every six months like straight up like oh my gosh <laughs> and that's nothing against them like they mm-hmm. know i love them they're they're literally my favorite people on the planet if i'm gonna hang out with people but i spend so much time every week every month every year honing in my own thoughts and just thinking what do i want and how do i how do i drive this bus or this mission whatever it is how do i drive this how i really want it to be driven because I just need that separation of like, here's what I want to do. And like, once I figure this out and once I feel confident, yeah, I'll go hang out with friends and stuff. But most importantly, I want to figure out what my purpose is and what my mission is. So that's a, that's a big focus of mine. And I think that is what I I keep in my back pocket. And although that is something that I can be somewhat consistent in, there's obviously times where I get stressed and I don't have the best mindset and and it's your average quality. Yeah, it is exactly. what it is. I yeah. mean, but I do think at the end of the day, like, I can't go more than a week without having that kind of deeper perspective and trying to figure out 
the right path for myself. Mm-hmm. I like that, man. Was was there anything in particular about like do you remember that day, like what you were doing that day and why it struck you in such a way? Like is how does that work? I don't remember the exact day. It was kind of like a it was kind of like just like one year in general. Okay. Like it was my eighth to ninth grade year was like the most profound probably because like I was, I moved to Minnesota at the end of my ninth grade year. And I specifically remember this more than anything. So music has always been big for me. Like music's my number one inspiration. And so I'm moving to Minnesota in the middle of high school. Like most kids are like, wow, my life's over. This sucks. I don't have any friends. Most kids that age would just look at all the worst parts about that, you know? And I specifically remember this was like after I I watched like a philosophy debate kind of about the inner dialogue and about how important it is to be the driver of your own destiny. And I remember walking into the airport and I was like, my life is changing majorly right now. Like this is a very pivotal point in my life and I'm going to decide that this is going to be a good thing. It's not going to be a bad thing because I had those thoughts initially, like, damn, like, I'm leaving all my friends, and I'd done it before, but not in the middle of high school. Like, that's a pretty tough time to do that. Early so, in high school, too. Yeah, yeah like, going into 10th grade, like, mm-hmm. everyone already has their friend group. Like, that's, like, one of the toughest times to move, I feel like. And I specifically remember the day I moved, I walked into the airport, and I was like, I'm going to make this the best thing that ever happened to me. I don't care anything else, like... I'm going to decide that this is going to be a great thing and not a bad thing. And so I'm scrolling through my my music and I was like, I'm going to choose a song that just sets the tone for this pivotal point in my life. And I chose Best Day Ever by Mac Miller. And it was like right when that song came out. It was like that year it came out. Mm -hmm. So not only was it like a new song and like he was one of my favorite artists, I'm like, this is the tone. This is the best day ever. Like this is extremely pivotal and I'm going to let it make me and not break me. And that's like the most memorable moment I have of like that. Phenomenal. Absolutely. <laughs> and I was like 14 or 15 when I went right. through this. And I was you're like, fr- you're just finishing your freshman year. Yeah. yeah. And I'm young for my grade. So I was like young, Ooh. but yeah, that was like the most, like I have more clarity in that moment than almost any other moment in my life. Because I like just kind of discovered the topic of you create your life. This is, all depend on you no one can make you happy if you're not happy with yourself chose that song i'm like this is it like this is going to be the best day ever this is going to turn the chapter into my new life and i'm not turning back so clear-headed dude <laughs> <laughs> i'm sitting here cl- just cluttered up, head, up upstairs but you know who's not cluttered is, is our producer ty webb and before i finish with these last two our final two questions i want to open the floor to ty webb with his phenomenal questions you always hype me up a little a little more than I think. Gas them up. I'll try. So you are going to be speaking on this panel at Lincoln Drink. I'm yep. curious to know, it's all about mindset. You're probably going to be in a room where a lot of people correlate mindset with like 24-7 grind, 24-7 hustle, stuff like that. Yep. How do you interject some conversations about mental health or mental clarity, some of the things you're talking about, to a room that only thinks mindset is like always going, 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 going? Yeah, so I think for me, like, I can only speak from experience. Obviously, like I said, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. Like, I don't have, like, tangible things to bring. But 
I will say for me, like the biggest thing is I have seven things I do every single day. And these are things that number one, I genuinely enjoy, which is a big thing. And number two, things that bring me closer to my end goal. And so I guess I just say to people like, trust me, I've worked plenty of weeks that are like 60, 70 hours. And like, I don't do that anymore nearly as much because I realize the importance of mental health and having that balance. And so for me, if I can just have my seven things, which is like right now, it hasn't changed that much over the last year. Right now, it's uh, a few of them are meditating every day, reading every day, writing every day, uh, creating personal art, and try and do exercise in some way, and trying to eat pretty healthy. So I guess for me, like as long as you have those anchors and those main pieces of life that are bringing you forward and are progressing you outside of work that's kind of how I stay not burnt out and that's how I like even if I did work a lot that week if I can do those things every day that make me genuinely happy and they progress me towards my goal not only am I less stressed but I'm I'm getting closer to who I actually want to be awesome dude Mm -hmm. I love that it's just like a that regiment is so important, you know? And it's like, so simple. I mean, it's that's, so simple, right? <laughs> everyone's always like, oh, it's so hard. Like, but I mean, dude, like, it could literally be read five pages today, right. write one sentence today, how I feel. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be hard. And, like, I try to up the ante on it to make it a challenge because I think there's beauty in challenging yourself, obviously. And I think it should be difficult. And, like, meditating for me is, like, pretty hard to do it, like, seven days a week like that's very hard for me mm-hmm. same I I, I I can get three to four and usually i find myself uh remembering or setting that intention at the end of the day when yeah. it's when it's best serves me at the beginning of the day yeah and it's, i always like kick myself but at the same time you shouldn't kick yourself because that's the importance of meditation yeah. is to do it when it's like uh, when it's most fulfilling and most in- intentional right? yeah. yeah and even like personal art people are amazed that i say like personal art is hard for me to do a lot of times like it is a genuine challenge. Like that is the thing of everything on my daily habit list. Personal art is probably the most neglected, like on average, like personal art or meditating. Like those are things that I average usually no more than four times a week to be completely transparent. Right. Because for me, it's like, it's hard if I just worked a long day, if I'm stressed, if I have all this on my mind, it's hard for me to get in that zone of like, I'm just going to create because I have so many other things on my mind and, so that's something for me, it's difficult, but it pushes me closer towards that goal. And when I do get it done, it does help me feel happier and less stressed. Mm. Setting those seven intentions and challenging yourself is awesome. And it pushes you towards your goal. Mm-hmm. What pushes us towards our goal is asking this challenge question. So Ian, we asked you last time to challenge us to have some guests on the show. And did, yeah, we, was, did, we, did we win? Yeah, it was the Brodskis. Yeah. The Brodskis. Oh, God. So we would like to ask that question again. Who else do you challenge us to have on our show? Um, I would say I actually don't even know this person. We're just like I've talked to him on Instagram a few times, but his name on Instagram is Robert Henry Film, I believe. Okay. Robert okay. Henry. He is a... Uh, He's just a photographer, videographer, editor from Minneapolis. Um, He's just dope. Like, I mean, he helped edit, um, what's his name? Takeoff from the Migos. He has a documentary. He got sauced the video to edit, like the whole documentary. Like, he's from Minneapolis. So, I think it's pretty cool. And, like, I'm telling you to get him on because I literally don't know anything about him, really. I Mm -hmm. mean, we've talked a little bit, but 
he does uh not that he's like he's always posting work and stuff but i don't know anything about his personal life you know i don't know Mm. anything about his mindset and so i think that would be interesting and i know a lot of people know about who he is on instagram but i think a lot of people like me where they don't know about who he is like on a personal level so documentarians we need to have more on our show yeah Yeah, when we had brandon furtick on he was awesome so we and i think that's the only true documentarian we've had on our show yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I would I would also say like I love the what you brought up about how you don't really know what he does outside of what he posts yeah. on Instagram. And I think there's a lot of like when that curiosity is there, but there's so much following behind what he shows. Mm-hmm. When when people are genuinely like interested, uh, they're gonna follow. So yeah, it's always great to put out a podcast like that um, with someone who does great things but doesn't necessarily always get to talk about it. Yeah. Um, that when I hear about those kind of stories, those kind of people, that's where I get charged up. Cause now like that we get to share that story. Like I, I yeah. feel honored to end with an opportunity to be able to use like this, this studio, this room, this, you know, the connections that we have to like amplify that, what that person really does. Yeah. And to be, Completely honest, I don't even know if he's going to be down, but right. I think... He, yeah, he might think we're fraudulent. I mean, <laughs> he just seems like a person, like, with all respect, like, he knows what he's good at, he's doing his thing, mm-hmm. and he doesn't, like, on Instagram, at least, he doesn't... He's humble. Like, he doesn't talk about himself, you know what I mean? Like, he just does his work, and he does it damn well. And so, Sweet. who knows if he's down, but I think that'd be safe to get him on That's here. why it's worth the challenge. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, final question? Yeah, final question. Final question. All right, Ian. Uh, from the time you woke up, what time did you wake up this morning? Like 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Phenomenal. Yep. Good work. Uh, from 6 a.m. this morning till now, which I think is you know 6 or 7 p.m., something around that, mm-hmm. uh, what did you learn today? Um, one thing on top, I learned that people think I'm a pretty good speaker. I have concise, clear thoughts, which is good. Mm-hmm. And you get to um, show it off on March 18th. I Lincoln do. Drink. I do. Walker. Uh, something else, like, as I learned is like, even today was extremely stressful. And although, um, we can all use stress somewhat to an advantage, like no matter how much I let something like that eat away at me, it's really not going to change the end result for the better. You know, I mean, it's easier said than done. Like, I'm still going to be stressed about this campaign we have going on, but me looking at anything with a negative light isn't going to help me get to that end goal any faster and it's almost positively not going to get me a better result so that's something that I'm just trying to be conscious of every day and like I said just being transparent like I'm all about the mindset and sometimes it's not as easy to look at it that way but I'm just trying to always be conscious of that and so today was a good example for me phenomenal Ian thanks brother appreciate you of course always down to come on yeah absolutely that's a wrap
She's a dream chasing. She's made up her mind, made up her mind. She's watching now. She says, I'm gonna have to try and catch her now before she's gone.